this is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi, friends. Welcome to Captivated. I am so excited about this episode, and I have a really big treat for you. I know you're going to enjoy it. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Elizabeth Tabish. She is an actress and a filmmaker. She is a producer, and she has directed a number of award-winning short films that focus on female archetypes and explore a variety of vintage aesthetics. She's the co-creator and creative director of the Austin Art House Film Festival, which is one of the top 100 best-reviewed festivals on Film Freeway and is now in its fourth year. Elizabeth is best known for her portrayal of Mary Magdalene in The Chosen. Welcome, Elizabeth. What a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's just a joy. Oh, my goodness. So to start, I would actually love to hear a little bit about your journey as an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go all the way back. Oh, good. I'd love that. <laughs> I've mentioned before that I was really shy as a child. Sort of surprised myself and my family in like kindergarten when suddenly I was like, we had a little musical and I was very confident and comfortable on stage singing little songs about dinosaurs. Oh, nice. You're like, who is this child? So it was kind of funny that they like didn't recognize that in me. And I, I didn't even know what I was doing. It was just like some instinct uh, to perform. So uh, I grew up, um, my mom and dad were really supportive of me and my brother going into the arts. And I uh, grew up a lot, with a lot of drawing and, and um, writing stories and doing community theater. Oh, wonderful. There's a musician. And so we, we were really supported in that. And, and I'm aware of how lucky we are in that. And, you know, I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. There wasn't that much to do. Uh, so I sort of had the space and time growing up to really explore artistic pursuits. And so... Um, even being sort of shy growing up. I, I found myself in theater classes a lot and in community theater and I write stories and I never thought it would actually like be a career. I thought it was just sort of a hobby thing. And, and I had thought about doing all sorts of things. I wanted to go into journalism. Um, and when I was much younger, I wanted to be a vet, but who doesn't? <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and so I just never thought it was going to be a, a, a professional pursuit of mine. But I kept finding myself going back to theater, going back to theater in high school, in college. And then suddenly I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this now. So I went to Oklahoma State University. Um, I was kind of nervous and scared about going to a bigger city. It was my hometown. So I was a little secluded, a little sort of nervous about the big world out there. And I got my undergrad in film theory. So I watched a lot of really cool movies. I had some fantastic professors that guided my way through sort of uh, viewing things and, and how to analyze them. And then I got my master's in theater and uh, started directing theater and sort of self-taught 
filmmaking. And so I'd play around with cameras and editing. And every so often I would sort of update my equipment. I'd sell the old one and like keep trying new things. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, you know, with the advent of YouTube, I could just like look up how to do things. So I, I ended up just kind of accidentally knowing how to make films. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And I really loved editing. So, so all of these things started sort of coming together. And when I graduated from uh, my master's, I moved to Austin and was, you know, a little disappointed in the, t- the quality of roles for actresses. In Austin or just what was available generally? In generally, but definitely in Austin. I, I think it was right before the Me Too movement. So it, okay. I was still getting auditions for things that um, I'm like, I know that as a woman, like there's so much more complexity and, and depth to, to female characters that I wasn't seeing. And I was, I was disappointed. in. so I started writing and directing, uh, films, short films that I wanted to share more in-depth stories about my experience and my friends and the other writers I was working with their experiences as a woman. And so, um, we started doing that. And as an actress, I was kind of focused more on commercial work. That's mostly what Austin was sort of supplying. And you know, you get to a point and it, it, things become too hard. <laughs> you know, you feel like you're up against uh, the wall. You keep hitting the wall over and over and you, you have some things to say and you try to find the way to say them. And, and it sometimes feels like it's falling on deaf ears or there's no right. audience or there's no response. And I felt like I was doing that and sort of like spinning my wheels I was not making much money. I could barely afford rent. I didn't know what I was doing at one point. Mm. Um, I was really, I, I, I was like, can I keep doing this? Cause I was like, I was crowdfunding for my films and then putting my own money into my films. And I wasn't working as an actress in the capacity that I, that I wanted to, which is, you know, it, my background is theater. It's good right. for women. And I was like, I can't, you know, and it's hard to do theater if you're broke. <laughs> like it takes so much time and energy. Right. Finding myself in this sort of spot coupled with a a depression Mm. um, that uh, I was actively fighting and then not fighting at one point. And Mm -hmm. and I kind of couldn't couldn't keep doing things the way I was doing them. And so I got to a point where uh, I was rejected like one too many times and was ready to just give up on my dreams and on what I really love doing because I just literally could not afford it anymore. Yeah. So that's when I told my agent to stop submitting me. Uh, I was going to quit acting. I moved in with my mom so I could figure out what my next steps were in my career and in my life. And I, I didn't know where I belonged. I didn't know what I was doing. And so then my agent submitted me to the chosen <laughs> without me knowing, which is great. And I, I read the role, I read the scenes and they moved me in a way that I hadn't been moved in a long time mm. by a character, by a story, by the writing, by the message. And, um, I had that, that special little feeling that you're like, is this, is this, written for me <laughs> you know <laughs> this could be it <laughs> um and I was connecting to the character Lilith because I was going through the same sort of despair and mm. and so I ended up you know auditioning mm. for it didn't hear back for a while I was like well that's it that's like 
Like how long? How how long is a while? It was probably close to a month, maybe a little longer. Okay. So I was like, okay, that's that can be my last audition. I'm going to move on. And then I heard back uh, that I had a call back with the director. And that's um, when I went up to Dallas, I met with Dallas and Justin was my reader, Justin Overlander. And we did some of the scenes and, and I felt good about the audition. He seemed to, to like it and uh, even like cut me off during one of the scenes. He was like, all right, I saw, I saw what I need to see. I like, Is that good? Is that bad? <laughs> right. And, right. <laughs> it was very nerve wracking. And then I drove back to Austin and on that drive, like within an hour, I got a call from my agent, <gasps> which never happens, has never. Happened. Oh my goodness. And hearing back that quickly, I was just, and I think we were filming like within weeks so I know they were looking for for Mary um, actively and the timing somehow just really worked out. And then, you know, I, I got this role that has been utterly life changing. It's brought me back into a place of joy and excitement about life and enthusiasm. I'm able to um, sort of refocus my my heart and my my energies onto the things that I love again. And so I'm yes. grateful for the role and the experience. Such validation of your choices. Yes, yes, yes. So when they called you and said that you got the role, did you scream? Oh my, I was crying. I was laughing. (laughs) You know, I immediately called my mom and, uh, (laughs) you know, it was, it's a dream role for me. Yeah. It has offered so much complexity and like variety as an actor to really explore her heart is so beautiful that I, I yes. it's a gift to be able to um, oh. her shoes for a little bit and like let it affect me, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I knew I, uh, when I, when I booked it, I knew I was like, this is, this is different. This feels special in a way that nothing else had before. I've watched your audition. Really? It's <laughs> available online. <laughs> yeah. And I, I get it. I think it was made for you and you for it. It just, the perfect confluence of time coming together. It's funny too, because like I don't know if I would have connected with it had I not gone through something kind of difficult. Right. And from a place of hurt, I was able to like access Lilith. And and I, I don't know if I could have done that, uh, you know, five years prior where I was just like fine and enthusiastic and, you know. Right. Yeah. So I'm oddly grateful that like God sort of showed me some experiences to like almost prepare me for, for connecting with this character. Yeah. Yeah. For you, for you to know what it's like to come to the end of your rope, the yeah. end of yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of people, I as well know what it's like to, to hit a depression and to go through that and battle through it or not battle because you don't have it within you anymore. And your journey, I, I love your passion to elevate women. And to to show them in an array of of the depth, of the beauty, of the honor, the esteem, mm-hmm. not just some narrow characterization of what the world or someone else right. thinks they're supposed to be. Right. A lot of that, too, is sort of um, impressed upon us by media, you know? Absolutely. Um, we, from the youngest age, are inundated with images of what women are supposed to be, what they're supposed to look like, how right. they're supposed to act. 
um, what their value is then mm-hmm. based upon that. And if we don't, if we aren't those things, then what is our value? And, um, and I, I've seen it in all of my friends, every woman I know, like this life is already hard. And then there's this extra stress, this Absolutely. extra pressure to mm-hmm. be a certain way. And it's not even to be, uh, accepted or loved or admired. It's also to be safe and like, you know, out of harm's way and out of danger. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, during, uh, some of my filmmaking, it was during the Me Too movement and all of these stories sort of came out. Yes. And it was uh, a moment where I think women could sort of like actually talk with each other in a real way of that happened to you, like literally Me Too. Right. Stories are so much more common. And and I think it made a lot of people, a lot of men realize like how difficult it is to be a woman in this day and age and probably from the beginning of time, you know. Oh, absolutely. And all around the world. Yes. And then it also just exposed how much women, uh, it just was normalized. Like this is just part of the weight and the cost of being a woman. Yes. And, and for, um, for a shift to say, oh, no, oh, no, it's not. And this is not the way it should be. It's time to change it. Yeah. A lot of men realize like, oh, it's, it's your job to protect women, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. And not uh, objectify or uh, exploit or use or it, it has shifted some things of like you can't, especially in the industry, in the film industry. I'm so glad. We're people. <laughs> you can't use us. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love picturing that um, shy kindergarten girl <laughs> on the stage belting out a song. Just, yes. Dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> so silly. So good. That's good. My husband was um, in the second grade when Mrs. McGrath saw his potential and he was the ringmaster on stage. <laughs> and just, he could still do the songs. He could still do the scripts. It's just... It's a beautiful um, avenue of expression and coming alive. Yeah, yeah. So turning a corner Mm -hmm. to talk about your role in Mary Magdalene, because she is one of my favorite women ever. She has a story that that is painful of trauma and loss and wounding, Mm -hmm. and a story of Jesus coming to rescue her in profound ways Mm -hmm. that changes the trajectory of her life. Mm -hmm. Ah, I love that. I love, and yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, Yeah, her story can be our story. And I love that, that, um, I love how he honors women, that she becomes one of the first disciples. I love that she actually funded his ministry Mm -hmm. out of her own resources, which is just awesome. And that's a big role to play. It is. It uh, has, I've had moments of like being so nervous, feeling this pressure to get it right and do it right and honor her and her role in the ministry. And, and every time I get to that point, there's this remembrance that like, you know, she was a person too, (laughs) right? Yes, yes. And I've been lucky to have, this character written by these writers who give her this allowance to like to show this is a woman that was from a difficult past. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to slip back into that because that is mm-hmm. that sometimes uh, seemingly comforting, even though it's not ultimately comforting. 
at least it's familiar, you know? Yeah. And I think that every time I'm like, oh, I can't live up to this. Well, I don't have to. <laughs> All I have to do is, is connect with her whenever I'm playing her and the way they've written her. You know, I, I've gotten so many beautiful messages from viewers of the show. Oh, I bet you have. That have shared with me their stories. Wow. And I know there has been like some, um, so some people had took issue with her having this backsliding episode mm. of returning to bad habits. But uh, despite those comments or that viewpoint, the reaction from people who have been redeemed, have been saved, have turned a new leaf and then go back to their old ways for them to be able to recognize themselves in this character. Oh, yes. And feel relieved that, oh, it's not just me. I'm just human. <laughs> and of course, we're right. going to make mistakes left and right. Um, it means so much to me and like and, and makes any sort of controversy worth it, honestly, because because that's that's the purpose of of this show is to like yes. use different characters and and in so many ways audiences can connect to someone and realize like oh oh they're just like me i i i can see myself in this and i'm not alone in this journey and in this process yes and so yeah anytime i'm like this is this is too difficult <laughs> one i think of jonathan having to play jesus which is pressure is so much more, you know, um, but also that, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm playing a woman who has a traumatic past, has a beautiful heart and tries her best. So all I want to do is try my best and, and hopefully it, it works. Oh, it works. <laughs> I, I love the way you flesh out and the writers, but your portrayal of her, it fleshes out her humanity. And there's so much mercy in it. So your craft as an actress is so powerful, but um, the the impact of it it's affected millions, and it's brought life, and it's brought hope, and it's brought encouragement to countless people, including me. So I love the reality, the imaginative fleshing out of what her life really would be like. She's She's human. She's complex. She's not, you know, I've made this decision. I've had this encounter with Jesus. My life has changed. Well, everybody knows seasons of doubt. Oh, yeah. Or where it gets hard. How, how is it wrapping your mind around the fact that, like, the impact of, <laughs> of, of what you're doing? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I just don't have an awareness of it or the imagination. Maybe that's better. Maybe that's better. <laughs> Whenever I meet with someone one-on-one -on -one or someone tells me something, I, I feel it. And I'm oh, grateful for it. And I'm, I'm blown away by, by the, this whole process. But at the same time, I also, I'm like, I know it's the writing. I know it's the production. Like, it's not just me. It's, it's this whole process. But in terms of the idea of affecting that many people, I, I don't think my brain can process it. Obviously, yeah. words for it, but like I don't think I can understand it other than on one-to-one -one sort of bases. That yeah, looking into somebody's eyes. Yeah, yes, that that I, I can feel that I understand that. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, I uh, I think if I thought about it too much, I might get really nervous. Yeah, that's too much yeah. pressure. Uh, yeah, I think that's really wise. 
it's hard to, to sort of even envision that many people, let alone them being it is by it. So I, I am just, I have to go off of, you know, what my family says, what people I know. Oh, that's good. Just believe it. Yes. That's really <laughs> right. good. That's good. So with so many episodes, do you have a favorite one so far or what's one of your favorite? Ones? Uh, it's funny because uh, the ones I love have loved uh, filming are not always the ones that I love watching. Uh, oh, I was wondering if you watched. I, yes, I've, I've, I've loved the show. So I. Oh, good. Um, my favorite one to film. I really loved filming uh, season one, episode two. The all the Shabbat dinners and oh yeah oh yes the scene with Nicodemus and and then Jesus comes to her Shabbat oh oh that's so and good I think across the board every scene in in that episode I really loved being in and it was like the first time she's redeemed so it's it was almost like playing a completely new character versus the yeah absolutely character. this light in her eyes and in her face joy that's emanating. <laughs> She's so happy, and yet it's still a mystery. Yes. And oh, yeah, that's and really the great. scenes of Shabbat, the the editing of it, the sort of the montage of it is so moving to me and so sweet. And I love that she's with a, a group of people that she doesn't really know that well, but they're sort of outcasts or outsiders. And that's where Jesus shows up. And I just love that so so much. Um, and then the scene of uh, Matthew and his dog sharing dinner. Oh, oh, I could cry just thinking of it right now. It's the sweetest thing. In the world. I just got chills. It's yeah, it's it's so sweet. And it kind of shows this. The the love of Christ, Christ like love, um, how even to animals, it, it's still palpable yes. and meaningful and beautiful. Oh, yes. Um, my favorite episode to watch is season two, episode three. The uh, That long, that 15 minute one take. Oh, yes. Uh, where we're all sort of getting ready for dinner. And then we talk around the campfire while Jesus is is healing this like long line of people. I love that episode so, so much. It's so fun. And, and knowing how we filmed it, it was like this last chance at sunlight. Oh my goodness. On this whole thing. And it was stressful, but exciting. It was like doing theater again. I'm like, you can't mess up. Um, right. And, uh, and then watching it and just like being like, that was a labor of all of these, people working together in tandem for this thing. And it, it's, it feels really special. Oh, I'm going to watch it again. These sort of scenes between, you know, drama erupting between different characters. And I think everyone's performance in that episode is just perfect. I, um, I want to talk more about your, your experience and, and the show, but I know the listeners would love to hear just a little bit about your own faith journey as much as you're willing to share. Sure. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the Bible Belt and I was raised Catholic. And I I have to be honest, like my experience with churches was not always good. Um, I felt like an outsider a lot. Mm. I was had I had some pain over religion. Mm-hmm. Um and during my twenties, I, I had a real cynicism about it. Um, and during that time, during all my life, I, I 
would read about Jesus and I would read his message and I loved it so much. And I was always a little confused about why I didn't feel that message in organized religion. And I yes. hate to be harsh about this, but that was my experience. And, yeah. Uh, I was like disappointed. I wanted to see that. And I, I didn't always, I didn't not always, right. But I wanted to see the things he taught enacted among yes. his followers. Yes. And I wanted to be that. And, and so sort of in a secret way, I wanted to follow his teachings, even if it wasn't in tandem with like a church or a religion. Yes. And I just sort of have carried that through and, and my family, they're not religious, but they, they followed Jesus's message, you know? So I was, yes. there was a support in that of like, you love each other, you forgive each other, you give mercy, you take care of people. The messages uh, that I grew up with were, were, were that. And so, yeah, in my twenties, it was, was pretty cynical <laughs> about things and, and, and tended towards sort of like attitude, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you see some hypocrisy in things. And so you just like, you disregard the entire thing. Right. Yeah. So easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. Yes. But, you know, as I was slipping into depression and I was slipping into uh, bad habits and a sort of despair, hopelessness, self-medicating, those sort of things. um, Yes. I was wanting and needing something more to help me uh, figure out why we're even here, you know, why, yes, what yes. this whole thing is about getting this role, working on the show, revisiting Jesus's message, revisiting the gospels and reading what he actually said, because so sometimes you get this interpretation by other people. Exactly. And I think it's really important to go to the source, read it for yourself and let that speak to you because those words mm-hmm. are so powerful and so meaningful and means something very specific and personal to you when you read that. Yes. So um, I started opening up my heart again to this idea of maybe this has been, you know, given a really bad name (laughs) by people who have used the religion for their own means or whatever. And maybe, maybe what I need is just to go straight to that source and go straight to what Jesus was teaching and follow it, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. It, the, the message is beautiful and it's life-changing and it's about your heart and your love and um, even your, you know, your forgiveness of others and your forgiveness of yourself to, to move forward and be, become someone that can show others what he was teaching, you know? And that's kind of our responsibility if we are followers of Jesus then we need to show other people like, well, this is what it does for me. Yes. Pushing of like, you have to, are you saved? You know, these sort of like very- No, it's live it, live the love. Show it. I yeah. mean, that's what he says. You'll know my disciples by their love, you know? Yes. By yes. their, by, and so, so that's, that's up to us to, to do, you know, and no one else is going to do that for us. And I think sometimes the idea of looking to a church to show me what to do, will look to what he says. That'll show you what to do, right? So beyond that, it's knowing that my past, my pain, difficulties I've gone through have been used for this role, have been used to bring some hope for people. Yes. 
is miraculous to me. And so I have a new peace and faith Mm. that that everything is how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. God is watching and taking care of us at all times. And, and we need to maybe give up a little bit of that control or our fears. Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) That is so good. And I know my listeners and I am relating so much to what you're saying. And I grieve the harm that has come through the church to so, so many. And Mm -hmm. for me, I was raised Catholic too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then it was in my 20s. Well, earlier than that, when I just, I've just stopped believing. And I would say I used to be a Christian and hit rock bottom and then had an encounter with Jesus. Uh Like, oh, oh, you. Okay. You, you I can love. Yes. Yes. And and it is all about the heart. It is. It is. Um, just a couple more questions for you. Yeah, yeah. You've got the time. Okay, good. So I'm hearing that you've really learned a lot about Mary Magdalene. Just I mean, through your diving into her and um is there anything that you think that that you know now about her that you didn't know prior? I didn't know she was possessed. Oh yeah, seven demons. By reading the script, I had no idea. Now you go back to what what's written in the Gospels, and like it's just a it's a phrase in passing. It's, like, it's, it's just, just like, a little aside. Oh, by the way, no big deal. And uh, so, yes, I had no idea. I thought she was uh, just a follower, and and that was it. But to know that Jesus healed her. Yeah, what uh, an intervention. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I had no idea about that. Um, you know, there's not that much about her in the Bible. And I do know that I think there are so many Marys, uh, you know, she was called a woman of ill repute. So there's a, some association with prostitution. And and then the the woman with the, um, the adulterous woman with rocks being thrown at, you know, I think a lot of these women have been misinterpreted as Mary Magdalene. Right, exactly. And all these things attributed to her that that weren't her, actually. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but we don't know, but... Right, maybe. Not, you know. I think there's been more work in removing what's not her, in my mind. Because in a lot of media and stories about Jesus and Mary, it's, you know, she's his wife, or she's the the woman of ill repute or you know let's remove those things that are not actually in the bible mm-hmm. yes let's look at what actually is and had no idea that she was possessed i'm like that's that's a it's a backstory right there and the writers did a beautiful job of of exploring oh, gosh. what that would have looked like um, i think about uh when we're really grateful when somebody does something kind for us mm-hmm. like how grateful was she mm-hmm. oh my goodness um, what about Jesus? How has your understanding or your perception of him changed through through the chosen? There are so many more miracles that I had no idea about. What I'm realizing from the show is I, whatever I was taught growing up, like didn't even touch on the magnitude, yes, of what he did. Miracle after miracle, healing after healing casting out of demons just left and right, right? <laughs> yes. If you really think about that, and I think the show is kind of like visualizing that for us, mm-hmm. it, it's revolutionary. It's incredible. And he's 
also showing us like, this is, you can do this too. Right. 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 Yes. There's a whole, it's almost like discovering an entirely different and new religion that I don't think people know that's what Christianity actually is. Right. Uh, I, I don't think, I didn't realize that's what Jesus actually is. And it is like this powerful experience of love and what love can do to transform people, lives, world. And so that has been eye-opening for me and just beautiful to come to understand and come to know. That is so good. It is so much better than I thought or I was taught. And the more I know Jesus, the better he gets. Uh-huh. There's so the more love with him. Wow. So, um, Elizabeth, what are you looking forward to? What's ahead for you, like either career-wise or in your life? Just well, what are you looking forward to? Um, oh, I, there's one thing I wish I could say, and I can't. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's exciting. I look forward to finding out. You'll find out. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm really excited for season three, of course. I'm I'm thrilled to to get back into playing this character. I love her so much. Um um, Austin Art House Film Festival. We're doing a virtual event. Oh, it's wondering if it'd be live or virtual this virtual year. Virtual this year. Uh, we're hoping uh-huh. next year that we start touring it uh, to different cities. Uh-huh. So we might be sharing different films from filmmakers from LA, in LA or New York, or Chicago. So we're looking to expand that. There's another project similar to the film festival that I'm working on that I'll be able to uh, share in 2022. Um, and then I'm also getting back into directing, which is really exciting. My co-star, Abe Martell, who plays Big James, we are working on a spaghetti Western. Oh, how fun. Yeah, we actually oh over. He had some ideas for Westerns, and I was like, I was about to direct one before COVID hit with my friend and uh, actress, Marcel Purdy. And so uh, we connected over that while we were filming season two. We're starting with a short film. We want to make it into a feature. We're looking for funding for it right now. So until we get that, we can't make it, obviously. But we also have to work around the schedule of, you know, filming for The Chosen. So hopefully we'll have a short film available at the end of next year. That's fingers crossed. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there. I'm realizing that's a lot on my plate. (laughs) As you list it right now, doesn't that sound like a lot? Yeah. Uh, As far as acting, I, you know, I moved out to LA, not necessarily just for acting, but just to be part of the industry and and, uh, start working with SAG and everything. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm not sure about taking other roles right now or, or if that would affect or interrupt the chosen. So we'll see about that. But for now, I've, I'm plenty busy in between filming seasons. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Because that would be my prayer for you, that this experience and all your life experiences, that you would just be catapulted in all the goodness and oh, all the you. life that Jesus has for you. Thank so you. yes. I love it. Yes. Bring it. Thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. And I want to say to all the listeners, like, just to remind you that you have a role to play. Everyone does. Your number one role, loving Jesus in response to his immeasurable love for you. And my prayer is that his love breaks through into your life today, like the sun coming through clouds, and that you remember that he is captivated by you. 